0: Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to episode 24 of the show about the show. This is also going to be episode 2 of my Collector's Corner series. I have Drew Herndon on with me today. Drew is a great guy who has a very very cool um, podcast that he co-hosts with Stu Payne. It can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, and pretty much anywhere podcasts can be found. You know, just beyond you know nine, ten, twelve, thirty different broadcast locations. So make sure that you uh, are are listening to him if you collect ho- baseball or football or basketball or hockey stuff. If you are into the hobby of collecting and autographs. You will want to listen to them. They are at... Their podcast is called Let Me Get That Podograph. It is very, very, very clever, and I am so happy and pleased to have on with me Drew Herndon. We are going to talk a little bit about everything. We're going to talk about the hobby and how the sports world affects it. We are also going to talk about how the show came to be about as well as a few other things. So without any further ado, good evening, Drew. What's
1: up, buddy? Glad to finally be able to be on the show. Glad to be here.
0: Gl- Glad to have you on. So one of uh one of the cool things about your show is uh you guys kind of you guys have a have a unique podcast. It's it, it's a podcast where you're dedicated to one specific thing, and that's the hobby of it. Can you talk about how you or you and Stu came up with the idea to do that? Absolutely.
1: Uh, yeah, um, so I I was in collecting big time when I was a little kid, and then I got out of it like most kids do, you know, when you're in high school and college and you're doing everything else. And then, uh, and then a couple of years ago, I had my son. And I immediately wanted to get back into the hobby because it brought back memories of me collecting as I was growing up. So I jumped first back into the hobby and found that I I loved it. It, I missed it. I loved it. It had changed so much since the 90s. I'm 33, so, you know, I grew up in the early 90s collecting cards. And from there to now, it's just changed so much. It blew me away, and I fell right back in love. And uh, then you know, I was thinking I I've been <laughs> I was a journalism major from East Carolina. I've done a lot of freelance writing, a lot of college radio, lots of different stuff. And I always wanted to do a podcast. And I was actually talking with Brooke Francisco, who works at uh, Beckett Authentication Services. We were uh, we were chatting one night through private message, and I was like, we should do a podcast. And. Uh, she said she couldn't do it because of Beckett, but we were brainstorming names and thought the second name that popped out was Let me get that potograph and she said, Oh, that's perfect and <laughs> I laughed and the name was born. And uh there. then it then it just so happened that I was looking for a co host and Stu replied to a post I did in a card room and uh the rest is history. We had never met before. We knew each other as both being diehard Carolina Panther fans and diehard Panther collectors, but, you know, we'd never met in person or anything like that. Just knew we lived close by and we met and the, the chemistry was there immediately and we decided to give it a shot. And so far everybody's been loving it and it's been getting bigger every week and
0: off to the races we went. <laughs> Do you have a favorite sport to collect? Uh, Cause I know you guys, I know you guys talk a lot about all the different sports and you mentioned the Panthers and things like that. Do you have a favorite sport to collect? Yeah.
1: Um, I've always been a football guy. Now, growing up I was a big baseball collector and, and actually hockey collector more than anything. I was a, I grew up playing hockey in South Florida. I know it sounds weird, but it's very big down there. And, uh, so I grew up playing all sports, but hockey was my main sport. So I grew up collecting hockey. But when I got back into it, we've been Panther season ticket holders since their very first season. And so Panther football has been my life since I was a very, very little kid. And football is my main sport, but I also love, I love collecting all the sports. I have a team in all sports. Baseball is a little tough because I'm a Marlins fan. So not too much to collect there and not too much to be happy about, but I love, I love collecting baseball because it baseball is the one sport that's different than any other sport when it comes to collecting. And it's just, it intrigues me. And it's a lot of fun. Like the way baseball is nowadays in collecting is so different from the past. And it, it really is just – it's really exciting, and it's a real year-long investment.
0: That's a great point, too. Baseball baseball collecting, more than other sports, does seem to have a niche that the other sports don't have. I mean, you know, I don't know a lot about collecting other sports stuff. I, collect, I stick to only baseball. But I know just this year, Topps has already come out with Series 1, Heritage—they're coming out with Allen and Ginter. They just came out with Opening Day, and they have a couple. And they came out with Donruss, and they got Bowman coming out. Um, When it's when it's baseball, even though it's all these different companies, it's really two—it's Topps and Panini. Can you talk about how how much fun it is to be a collector and to try to collect that stuff? Because, like you mentioned, baseball is unlike any other. Hello. All right. Well, I think ladies and gentlemen, we must have gotten disconnected or something. We're going to try to get uh we're going to try to get Drew back in here. I think his uh his signal must have cut out, which is unfortunate. Yeah, he the call did drop, so I do apologize about that. We are working on getting Drew back in here, but one of the uh, one of the things that baseball offers, like I said, is they and Drew is back.
1: What hey, what's
0: up, buddy? I don't know what happened there. No, that's all right. Um, can you talk about the niche that baseball has? I was just kind of mentioning that baseball, you know, so far this year, Tops has already released Series One, um, Heritage, they've released Don, uh, there's Donruss, there's Bowman, there is. Opening Day, Gimpy Queen. Out, up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you've got all these different. Can you talk about how much fun it is to be a baseball collector?
1: Oh, absolutely! Uh, baseball is one of those products that, like I said, they're they're different than any other sport for a couple of reasons. And the biggest reason is you've got a ton of guys that are the, that have been collecting just baseball for sixty, seventy years now, and so they're the normal set builders. Then you have products like Heritage, which are You have a subset of die hard collectors. Like these guys want to build this heritage set and it's almost impossible to build. And so you've got that little niche. But then you go into prospects and rookies. And that's where baseball really differs from everybody else. In baseball, you're really, if you're collecting all the products like Bowman and stuff like that, you're following these guys from literally their. First step into minor league ball, all the way through AAA, all the way through their pro career. So you're really following these guys, you know, from <laughs> right out of high school, a lot of them. And it's it's real interesting because you've got guys that go after, they call them first Bowmans, which that's before they've become a pro player, they have cards in Bowman. And so you've got guys that are prospect collectors that think those are like the true rookie card. But then once they make the major league roster, they get their official rookie cards. And so, you know, there's really there's prospect collectors, there's rookie collectors, there's team collectors. There's so many different types of subsets in baseball. That's what makes it fun for me because being a Marlins fan, I, I've learned a long time ago after Don Charles Willis and Jeff Conine left and the glory years were over and uh, Laurie was just out to screw the team. I learned a long time ago that my Marlin guys weren't going to be there. So I just focused on collecting baseball just because I love the sport. I think it's a beautiful sport. It's one of my favorites and it's just, it's really interesting to watch the collecting habit of baseball. Like take Aaron Judge, for example. Aaron Judge has had cards out since about 2013 or 14. Those cards were literally worthless until he became a rookie. And so a lot of people had this guy in their commons box, which is term for, you know, cards that aren't worth much. And then all of a sudden last year, they see this guy cranking home runs and becoming the most, sought after collectible baseball player in years you go digging through those boxes and you're sitting on a gold mine so a lot of times it's a three four year wait before you even know if these guys are going to be superstars and so it's a real baseball is a real interesting concept i i term i use the term day trading a lot when i go with cards because that's a lot how it is these days With eBay sales, it's really up and down by, like, games they play, streaks they're on, and stuff like that. It's a day-trading type of market, but baseball is almost one of those where you hold the stocks for a couple of years if you choose to go with prospects. And, you know, a lot of it's turned out to be, I mean, you're sitting on $5,000, $6,000 cards that two years ago were worth nothing. And so it's a really, really interesting sport to collect.
0: It's also a very, very expensive hobby to have. As somebody, <laughs> as somebody who collects strictly baseball, I can tell you it's very expensive. Although it would Oh, it be is more very expensive. expensive. Yes, I, although it would be much more expensive if I was a fan of the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim because in the Topps Heritage set that just came out, they are in the style of the 1969 cards there is the much heralded autograph of the Japanese Babe Ruth Shohei Otani, and Drew, I saw a uh, red, I saw a uh, red autograph on there for the Heritage. They do red and blue. I saw a red autograph on eBay sell for fifty two hundred dollars. Yep, they uh, they were
1: really, that was his first official auto that came out. And so that's why you saw those premiums, the blue base are selling for about 1000 and the the reds were selling for like you said between 4500 and 5500 and you it, it's mind blowing to me. And now I will say this for collectors, don't run out and don't run out and buy that heritage at that price because once Bowman comes out, once Topps Chrome comes out, and all these other better products come out, those products are going to drop significantly. But that, that pricing right there shows you one of the main things about baseball collectors. They are itching to get back into collecting because most sports don't really have an off-season in terms of releasing cards. They try and do it year-round. Baseball kind of takes a month month and a half off at least tops you know who has the exclusive agreement with them um you know they take a little bit of time off and really bombard you when spring training starts because they know that's when all that hype begins and all those prospects start doing something and so baseball collectors really know that you know they're about to get hit with a lot of products and they get ready for it and they're a die hard group of collectors and i myself am one of them i I couldn't wait to bust into some Heritage. No Tani for me unfortunately. But um I mean they're they're itching and dying to get into it and Heritage was a perfect example of that. And just wait till you see Bowman come out because he's got he's done a lot of neat things with his autographs. All you've seen so far is his basic signature. But a lot of stuff he's doing this year includes Japanese writing and Japanese inscriptions and stuff like that along with his autograph he really took a lot of time signing this stuff which as a collector i can really appreciate because when you have a football player like dalvin cook who can't even write the letters d and c together properly it's really nice to see somebody you know take some time in signing these cards that people are going to keep forever and so he really did a great job with all of that and i think that's probably from the culture he grew up in but There's, I will say this, the Heritage Autos look nice. I love the 1969 design, but when those Bowman and Topped Chrome Autos and stuff like that come out, that's when you're going to see some Otanis going for quite a bit of money, if he lives up to that
0: hype. That's that's always a big if in the game of baseball. And I, I want to touch on something that you brought up earlier, which I find really, really interesting. And I agree with you a hundred percent. And I've always said too, is the thing about baseball that you mentioned was, you know, because of cards like Bowman and because of things like social media, we're able to basically track these guys from the moment they're in, sometimes even in junior high or high school, all the way up to the day they get drafted, the day they sign, when they hit a ball, all the way up to the majors, et cetera. Um, and one of one of the things about that that it allows that it, that baseball has is it has that level where you're in the minor leagues. Now football doesn't have that. You you go from being, I mean, you have college football, but not a lot of people play four years of college football. Basketball doesn't have that. They have the NBDL, but they don't do, you know, four years of NBDL. Hockey doesn't do that. They have college hockey, but very few, you know, so baseball gives you kind of that four years to cultivate that. Um, And I think that's part of the reason baseball collectors are kind of a different breed than everybody else.
1: I I, that's absolutely correct. And, uh, you know, the other sports I think are coming along on that. I think basketball in particular, you're going to see, I think this, I think once March madness is over and the FBI really hammers down on basketball, I think you're going to see the NBA start to kind of have a minor league system similar to baseball, but that is one thing about baseball that makes it, you know, so much different than everyone else. Like the football guys, they, they can sign, right when they're out of high school before they go to college, but then they're stuck until after they're out. But baseball guys, I mean, you're signing, if you go buy a pack of elite extra edition, you're probably going to get an autograph of a guy on the 16 or 18 and under team. (laughs) So, I mean, they've got autographs as far back as when they're on the U S team. And then once you get into the Bowman products, you know, you always, have those guys that are supposedly the next hot prospect, you know. And sometimes those guys will be that next hot prospect for four or five years before they even sniff a pro field. And by the time they do, really interesting to watch their value. If if the hype is still there, the value will be there. But more times than not, and I've seen it a ton with Tyler O'Neill, tons of players like that that just – they have this minor league – Type that's astronomical but by the time they make it there it's it's just gone and so it's a it's a very very interesting thing because like i said then you have the judges who nobody thought anything about him he was not expected to do half of what he did and then as soon as he sniffed the pro dirt it was another man was born and so it's a very very i mean it's a, if any card collecting could be a guessing game. There's no more of a guessing game than
0: baseball. And that's also, I think, part of what makes it fun too. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I think, you know, I've had, um, I've asked Steve Grad a few times, um, or I've seen him on TV a few times, talking about um, what sports are best, in terms of players autographing for fans and he says hockey and baseball and absolutely you know and i think the i think the fact that baseball is played in nice weather during the summer when kids are out of school really kind of allows kids to become fans as opposed to other sports that are played in the winter or on the weekend where Maybe they have chores or duties or their sports of their own. So I think baseball kind of cultivates that fandom just kind of by being played in the summer. Absolutely. And, uh, I mean, like compared to
1: football, I mean, I go autograph hunting at Panther games. You really get from when they park their car in the player parking lot and hope they stop at a fence and sign, and then that's really all you get besides training camp. And then even at training camp, you don't get much. Basketball, it's nearly impossible. If you can get to the team bus these days, you can do it. But baseball, I mean, I, I li- I'm lucky enough to live near the Charlotte Knights, Hickory Crawdads, lots of great um, farm systems for some pro teams. And you go to those games, and especially with kids and the family and everything, I mean, you're getting everything you want signed and they're more than happy to do it. They love talking with you, and it even extends into pro ball. I mean, if you're at a pro game and you're near the line and the pitcher's warming up and he's done and he's standing there, he'll, he'll sign some balls, toss you some balls. I mean, it's a really great thing. And something the Cubs are doing this year, which I think is awesome, is they're dedicating certain areas of their field before games for only children. So only kids can go there to get the autographs, which I think is wonderful because
0: you go to a lot of these
1: games and you get a lot of guys who are, who are adults, that own card shops. They're trying to get 500 signatures of each player when all a kid wants is to sign baseball. And so it's neat to see people like that, you know, do that. So baseball definitely is one of the sports where uh, they are the nicest when it comes to autographs. Now, I do have one story of a pretty bad experience with an autograph of baseball, but for the most part, they're pretty good. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. Go ahead and share.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, when that was, uh, I grew up in South Florida. And so we used to go to a lot of the, when I lived there, it was the Braves and the Mets that had spring training over in West Palm beach. So I'd go to the Braves games and get, Baseball bats and everything signed, and they were playing the A's, and Jose Canseco came up. And I was a little kid, and I was starstruck. This was way before Jose Canseco became famous for needles and all that other stuff. And he walked right over to me and my sister, grabbed my Sharpie. I got all excited, signed about 50 autographs around me. Walked right back past me, took my Sharpie, put it in his pocket and left and didn't sign my uh baseball. <laughs> so not only did I not get a signature, I didn't even get my Sharpie back. <laughs> but uh for the most part, you know, they're great guys, but that'll always stick in my head and probably one of the one of the reasons I'll always hate hosing Kim go
0: Absolutely. Let's switch a little bit and talk about, uh, let's go back and talk about your podcast. So you guys, uh, you know, you guys do one thing that I think really helps the hobby a lot is you call, you have the scammer of the week award. Tell me about, tell fans about that. Okay, well, uh, I don't know how many of
1: your fans are on Facebook, but uh, if you are in, on Facebook and everything, we I help run a site called Sports Card Scammers Exposed. And what we do is we pretty much patrol the hobby and we make a list of people who have scammed other people. And the list is insane. The amount of scams is astronomical. It's absolutely ridiculous how many people get really really screwed over in this hobby and so our goal is to protect people from that and i've been an admin there for almost three years and as i was doing the podcast i thought well you know we're reaching a much wider audience than just facebook a lot of these people don't know these people yet and so (laughs) we figured it would be best to do a segment on the show highlighting some of these scammers that are out there that are very, very good at what they do. They may be you know scammers, and people may think you know that they'd never fall for it, but these guys are very good at what they do. They practice it, and they're they're professionals at it and so i I just saw my podcast as a way that we could spread that news to other people. Now we started an external website. SportsCardScammers.info. that'll also have those lists so people that aren't on Facebook can have access to that list as well because, I mean, these people are everywhere. We once we find out you're a scammer, we pretty much make it where you're not selling cards on Facebook, and so obviously they're going to migrate elsewhere to try and continue these scams. And so we just, uh, me and Stu sat down and we talked, and we thought it would be a fun segment because there's some crazy stories. The one coming up next week on our show is an absolutely crazy story that got so big people were holding up signs on Monday Night Raw about it. <laughs> Um, I mean, it, we we get some big ones and we get some crazy ones, uh, but so yeah, that's where it came from, and it was just an, a way to warn collectors of the people out there because a lot of people are new into this. When I was new into this, I got taken by a lot of people, and the last thing that's the last thing we want. I mean, I'm in this hobby to one day pass down to my son. The last thing I want to do is leave it to him with as many scammers as there are now. So if we can help people and educate people and guide them in the right direction and give them a database to see, like, how these people are. Like, before you do a deal with somebody, check this list and see what they've done in the past. It's, uh, It's a great tool, and it saved a ton of people. I mean, I myself personally have also gone to a person's house who stole cards from someone and gotten them back. Like I mean, we do everything we can to make sure that if someone's cards are taken that they're gotten back because these aren't people hear cards and they think, uh, oh, three, five dollar cards. No, some of these cards are eight, ten, twelve thousand dollar cards. <laughs> I mean, it's it's no right. small feat nowadays.
0: Yeah, and that's and that's really uh that's really kind of a kind of a good way to police the hobby. And it's it's Unfortunate that it's happening so prevalently and even more prevalently, but it, it's it's guys like you and and everybody else who's working towards stopping that that really uh, that really you know we owe a debt of gratitude to. Um, so let let's finish up here. You know this podcast is is a family mm. podcast dedicated to the memory of my dad. I have a little daughter. You have a son. Um, sure. Give me some. Uh, give me a memory. Give me a story about collecting with you and your son.
1: Okay. Well, my son just turned three uh, two weeks ago. And ever since he was one year old, he's been fascinated with my collection in my room. Like, it's on a big display and everything, and he's been fascinated by the colors and all that type of stuff. And I remember... There's two, there's two memories that stick out the most. One would be the very first time I was pushing him through Walmart and he made me stop. And instead of pointing at a toy, he said, daddy, you need to buy that. He was pointing at a pack of cards that made dad feel good. (laughs) The (laughs) the second one, (laughs) the second one was probably about six months after that or so which, you know, when you get a card you like, you put it in something called a penny sleeve. It's just something to protect the card a little bit. Well, he comes running into my room and said, Daddy, these are my favorite. I need some of those things. And he meant penny sleeves. And I handed it to him. And watching him put them into the penny sleeve so he could save them like Daddy was, you know, you're a father, like you just said. Those are those moments that make you really, really happy. Because like I said, that's what, that's what I'm in this for is to be able to bond with him someday and to leave a really cool collection to him. And hopefully I'm into collecting anything, whatever you like to collect, whatever you like to do. I think it's healthy. I think it's a great thing. And they're also wonderful investments. And so it's something that I hope, I mean, I met a ton of friends when I was younger doing this. And so it's something that I hope he gravitates toward, but with a dad like me who focuses so much on it, I'm pretty sure he's already there. (laughs) (laughs)
0: absolutely hey we got about two minutes left before we have to uh, shut her down so give me a little bit give me a little bit more information and tell the fans and the listeners where they can find your your podcast your websites your Facebook groups all that kind of stuff last two minutes are yours sure absolutely well uh, I greatly appreciate you having me on board once
1: again uh, the name of the show is let me get that Potograph. L E M M E Get that
0: potograph. You can find us on Apple,
1: SoundCloud, uh, all the places you can find a podcast. On Twitter, it's at LGTP Podcast. On Instagram, LGTPodograph. And on Facebook, it's the Let Me Get That Potograph Podcast. And I always answer right away. We love to talk with fans. We pride ourselves on being the most interactive podcast in the hobby. If you're a collector, reach out to us. We'd love to have you on the show. Um, We have lots of great guests, Steve Grad, Tracy Hackler from Panini, lots of big people on the show. And Ultimate Twin Fan, I know you will be on here soon uh but uh it's a great show guys we try and keep it fun uh the one nice thing about the show is we're not held down by any company so if you Mm -hmm. want the blunt and straight up truth about anything come listen to our show because we we handle it with tact but we're going to tell you the truth and about how we feel um we've been up for Mm -hmm. about six months we're celebrating six months right now so come check us out guys
0: Absolutely, and I can tell you guys, I've listened to most of their episodes, and the episode that they have where Steve Grad is a guest, and he talks about a certain team faking autographs for over <laughs> 40 years, it's pretty stunning. So, It's like pretty Drew crazy said, stuff. Go, it is, go find them, and make sure that, uh, may, may your mailboxes always be full. Thanks a lot, Drew. I can't can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Ah, great to be on, buddy. You guys
1: have a good one. Mm-hmm. And to all your listeners, thanks for having me on and hope you guys check out an episode.
0: Me too. Thanks, man.
1: Thanks, Bye. buddy. Bye. Have a good night.
0: Yep. All right. So that was Drew.